I mean, there's no way it can't succeed. They don't want to hand out. Let me play my part. Check two, hey. Check like, two. is that real? Did that happen? Like, the structure of your brain actually changes. And do you still feel that every day? And then it got time for guitars. Eating disorder, like, I didn't want to die. Tendencies. But I didn't want to live. Yeah. Girl. You gotta go in the hospital. You feel powerless because the body has a fear reaction. The opportunity to empower. No one can take away my power. I won't take myself out. Artists that are true like that, those are the ones that tend to like create change. Obviously, they can always be better, right? But right. I think they're, they're moving in the right direction. Well, there's so many organizations, like <clears throat> like if the Kelly Nicole Foundation had half a million bucks right now, if we had a windfall this, this uh, holiday season and I was able to give a bunch of money away, like there's no shortage of groups outside the government, right, outside mm -hmm. the public sector that someone somewhere started up, uh, like yourself or whoever, a mm -hmm. nonprofit to help vets. There's so many. Is that because there's they're supplementing that the actual built-up formal system of the VA and, and the military and everything isn't enough? Or is that just passionate people are going to start up groups? Like, why is there so many? There's thousands. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Uh, a lot of it, I think, has to do with, uh, you know, people who are going to finally come to terms with that and identify that there might be a struggle happening in their mind uh, don't want to do so. Uh, in, in the light of the government. They don't want to feel like they're institutionalized or that they have to, you know, follow this rigid plan of, you know, well-being and, and being labeled. Uh, most of them are just going to pretend uh, everything's okay and kind of move about their days. Uh, the other piece of it is that there's a ton of red tape, and I've seen it firsthand in trying to work with an organization like the VA, again, wanting to do the right thing, and they have you know, years and years worth of red tape before someone can even help. And I'll give an example of it just so I'm not rambling like everyone else. Um, you know, we helped a, uh, a small nonprofit here out of uh, Rice, Minnesota, get up and running just primarily some thought leadership stuff. It's called Gates of Hope. And, and what they have been doing for the last decade or so is equine-assisted psychotherapy, uh, primarily for children, you know, people on the autism spectrum, people dealing with anxiety, stuff like that. And then through uh, an EGALA program, got some certification where it turns out that this shit really helps for PTSD. It helps veterans. Um, and so, you know, they were connected with and tried to get kind of partnership with the VA. And it was just, um, and ultimately they decided not to just because it's so long of a process and paperwork and red tape. And, you know, really all they wanted to do is have vets from the VA go out to the farm and um, do quote unquote horse whispering. Um, so I think a lot of it has to be almost grassroots in order to get anything done. It's just so much more efficient once you're yes. outside the government, right? Yep, it's a, it's more effective, it's more efficient. Um, you know, certainly it would help if there was lots of funding to do so, but uh, <laughs> you and I both know that uh, the struggle is real. <laughs> um, yeah, for so. sure. Now, so the story of um, you getting into uh, becoming the head of the... Or are you the co-founder? Yeah, co-founder. So tell the story of the origin story of Veteran Valor Farm, and then I want to talk about that mission a little bit. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it was, it was really funny. Uh, a best friend of mine, uh, we'll leave him unnamed for now, 
uh, best friend of mine and uh, someone I'd known for, for over 30 years now. Uh, certainly has had struggles here and there with, with certain things. Uh, ended up going out to a different state for medical school and uh, things just didn't click. They didn't work out and, and ended up dropping out. So no big deal, right? I mean, somebody educated, has a four-year college degree, tried to go on and just couldn't couldn't do it, right? There's just... Uh, you know, again, it's not for everybody, but through the process, found themselves uh, without any money and without anywhere to live. And it was just really interesting um, seeing their journey and going across, right? Like we, we see it in our day-to-days. We see people all over the place with, uh, you know, a sign, a little cardboard sign, you know, a homeless vet or injured vet or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, who knows if that's really the case for all of them or not, but they're, but those are just the people who are out and about. Mm-hmm. Uh, veteran homelessness is certainly probably one of the most un, under-reported stats that are probably you're ever going to find. It's just not in our nature to come out and scream that we need help. Well, that makes sense because they always sound low to me. It's mm-hmm. always some stupid figures like 30%, 40%. I was like, I'm always thinking, I get some of them are taxi drivers and some of them are maybe in an right. office setting. Not everyone's running up a hill with a gun, but like the numbers... When they report X amount percent of homeless vets have a mental illness, I always think it's low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's hard to say. Again, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't place a figure on it. But to to the story, uh, he found himself again without any money, without really any place to live, and uh, needed to try and get all his belongings and everything back to Minnesota. Um, seems seems easy, but you know, a couple grand is is a lot. So uh, I helped him out. I I loaned him, uh, you know, without condition. I think it was like $900. Uh, he bought himself a shitty RV that was able to, uh, you know, barely milk himself back across the U.S., but he ended up breaking down a ton of times. And so he spent, you know, the better part of a couple months, uh, you know, living in Walmart parking lots and other areas where, you know, he found these little communities of, of other people with a similar situation and, and found that the population was, there's a lot of vets, like legit vets in these populations that were, that were homeless. And so, you know, through that, that journey, and again, I I can't tell you how many times he broke down coming back home, you know, a couple months later, he finally made it here. And he's like, you know, it just, it drives me nuts that, you know, these people went and and served their country, did all that they could, and then uh, came back and then, you know, there's nothing. There's, there's no place to live. And, you know, again, there, there is some truth to that. Obviously, if, if one wants to be institutionalized, I mean, I'm pretty sure you can get on like, you know, a. 18 month waiting list and find somewhere to live but <laughs> you know again that's part of the problem yeah i had a friend like i said another friend who's a um a navy veteran and she was like never give uh you know five bucks or whatever to someone on the street in minnesota that says they're a homeless vet we take such good care of our vets it's horseshit if they say they can't find food and like she's mad about it mm-hmm. she's like it's bullshit we are so good to our vets in minnesota but you're saying it's possible that not everyone wants to be in the system. They feel like maybe rolling the God, dice yeah. out on the street. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Yep. That would that, be there worse. Isn't, there, isn't, there isn't room. There isn't, there isn't possibly enough room with all of the, 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 I mean, the homeless programs that there are for the, the people who need the help to get it, first of all. And even if there was, uh, there's going to be the 50 to 75% of them who don't want to be a number, who don't want to be a stat, and are stubborn. Yeah. Which was they don't a want good... a handout. They want they want yeah. something that they can work towards to to be their own. So. How do you feel about corporations that say they prioritize hiring vets? Is that a cool thing, or do you feel like it's kind of like almost condescending? Um, no, I I think it's it's become a little me too. 
uh, you know, frankly, but at the same time, I think it's good. I, I appreciate the fact that they are, that they're at least focusing on it. And then if you look at the, you know, the actual numbers behind veterans in the workplace, the ones that are there are some of the best employees. So oh, yeah. I think it would be, they'd be foolish to not uh, try and focus on hiring vets, you know, just like anyone else. But there is certain skills. If you look at, I mean, take someone, let's just use an example of, of a fictitious individual. They, they're in the Marines right out of high school, you know, maybe didn't get the best of grades, did okay, passed, uh, you know, their only way to pay for college was to join the Marines. They joined the Marines. They, they went, uh, had a good time, spent three different tours over in Iraq or Afghanistan, came home and, and now what? You know, there's, there's not, and they decided they didn't want to go to college after all. There's not a lot of, I mean, what are they going to do? Are they going to go join corporate America? I mean, that's about impossible. So it's finding the right jobs to connect with the veteran, I think is almost more important than anything. A lot of these places that are focused on hiring vets are corporate America. That's great. But that's only going to be a percentage of veterans who are actually going to fit in in corporate America and have, have that nine to five desk job you yeah know, that just doesn't work for everybody you think they'd be like a caged beast yeah absolutely more than just not having a degree or something it's just the mentality is the mentality yeah mm-hmm. hmm. yep and so so that's part of you know veteran valor farm uh you know the, the idea is to uh to, to help homeless veterans you know to to get them back on their feet provide them a safe and stable environment to uh, to become productive members of society again. You know, admittingly, we're, we're not there. We don't have an actual farm yet, and that's been kind of a fundraising and, and a political-type issue. Uh, we will most definitely have one, but that's, that's why we want it. It's a non-institutionalized setting. It's a, a free, you know, type of setting where they can really come, you know, grow and, and actually contribute to something greater than themselves. So. so they'll be actually putting on a product, right? You're going to be making food. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not going to be your uh, your production, uh, you know, farm that's, uh, you know, providing uh, food for the, the whole world or even the state or anything like that. But the thought of it is to be actually more of a sustainable living environment, right? I mean, yeah. it's not a handout. They're going to be able to come and help contribute to the food, take it out of the ground that's actually going to sustain them. Yeah. And I think there's a difference there between, hey, here's this free food and, hey, we're providing you a shelter. We're going to make sure you have enough to eat and, and the support you need across whatever is going on. But you get to help. You mm-hmm. get to be part of something bigger than yourself. You get to put some seeds in the ground and grow stuff to ultimately provide for yourself. So it's almost enabling them with a different option. Uh, and then there's there's a lot of studies, and this isn't you know my science, you know obviously coming from more intelligent people than myself, but that – you know, the eco-friendly or the eco-therapy is, is huge. I mean, getting these folks outside and and out and about is, is huge. Um, so having that eco, eco-therapy environment, I think, is going to prove to be very beneficial, too. Has that been uh, a part of your, your coping? As you said, you're just naturally kind of able to let go of things and process them. You're an outdoors guy as well. Mm-hmm. Is that part of it, just that you can go outside and just like just being outside in nature sometimes not even thinking about anything you just it just kind of relaxes yeah no for me personally i think that's what uh it gets my stress level down is just uh is being in the woods mm-hmm. i mean honestly it could be even all alone <laughs> i would be okay with it um being in the woods at least a few times a year i go off the grid completely i am uh away from electricity away from running water away from cell coverage and it's just 
me, whoever else is with me in nature, and um, there's something peaceful about it. It's hard to hard to describe. That's amazing. Are you talking about like just like a two week camping thing? Hammocking Not even a week. Or? It could be it could be three four days. Yeah. I mean, it's just just need to get that reset. Yeah. You know, it could be one day. You right. know, I might have a day off on a Friday and just go hang out in the woods. And people are like, oh, you let's go to the beach. Let's go to you know, let's go on a trip. Let's go to Europe. Let's do something like. That. And I'm like, you know, I'd rather just go get lost in the woods with a backpack. Yeah. So anyway, so there, there's part there's there's part truth. I mean, not only for me, but I think, you know, again, in, in doing a lot of research, uh, ecotherapy, animal therapy, things like that, alternatives to being institutionalized, you know. So we're going to partner with that, you know, Gates of Hope and provide the equine therapy. People want it. Um, you know, we're going to have, you know, service dogs available, things like that if people want it. So it's just... Looking outside the traditional realm of happy pills and institution and following a rigid schedule of here's what you have to do, and if you follow this magic process, you're going to be better. Um, it's bullshit, you know. People people may never be better. Um, yeah. It's giving them the tools necessary to succeed and ultimately cope and uh, hopefully can find that, that means to help others. So That's really cool. So it's more empowering than giving them that label, that diagnosis right. that might feel like it's hanging on them forever mm-hmm. yep yeah and there's there's no i mean the, the label is uh you don't have anywhere to permanently call home yeah you know we're gonna give you a spot yep. you're gonna work for it it's so not the, just here's a here's a place you can call home and there's no strings attached certainly it's uh you know here's a place you can call home but you're gonna have to work you're either gonna have to work outside of the home so that you can work towards putting yourself back on your feet. You're going to have to work towards finding something you're passionate about giving back to your community. And then ultimately there's going to be stuff to do around the farm, right? We need to help care for the other people that are there by, by growing stuff, by producing. Mm -hmm. So if there's a philanthropist out there listening right now to the Amplified podcast and uh, they're thinking, man, I could make this happen. I could cut a check right Mm now, lay out like, the vision, like, okay, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a homeless vet. I come across this somehow. Yeah. I knock on your door. What literally happens? Yeah, I mean, the thought, and again, this is um, without having an actual physical farm at the moment that we're working towards, it's really hard to do, but our thought is to have a, a one-year-long, up to a year-long program, right? Um, the, the goal of getting people back to productive and, you know, staying members of society is to get them back to society. I'm sure a lot of people would want to live here forever. It sounds pretty awesome to me. Um, <laughs> I'd like to go ahead and leave the rest of the world behind and go live on a farm and, you know, hang out with other vets. But, uh, you know, the reality is, is we need to have some sort of a limit. We're thinking a year long program where, uh, you know, we're not recreating the wheel here. We're not looking to, uh, you know, start up all the other pieces of the puzzle that are going to go into a veteran's well-being. You know, we're going to take advantage of existing uh, VA-type benefits, uh, health-type stuff that's available, transportation networks, job-seeking networks, all of that, and then just really give them that <clears throat> that positive environment on the backside with some sprinkles of eco and animal therapy that'll hopefully be the right mixture of uh you know, just letting them know that uh, that they're loved, they're cared about. Yeah. You were able to make the transition into the corporate world. Mm-hmm. I mean, the company we worked for <laughs> is about as corporate as it's going to get. Right. What was that like for you? Yeah, well, so I spent uh, the first five years uh, post-deployment, uh, I started my own my own landscaping company, right? So I, I spent uh, most days outside. Hmm. You know, kind of getting that therapy, running equipment, being kind of peaceful by myself, and um, I think that was ultimately necessary. I don't think I could have uh, jumped 
directly into the corporate world. And even once I did five years later, there were still things I struggled with. Uh, you know, wanting to tell people to go F themselves is probably not a good thing. Although I would say that, you know, most of them deserved it. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, again, it's just not, you know, when you're, you're telling people that, you know, three, three levels above your boss to go pound sand, um, it's probably not a good thing. So I think, uh, you know, just this continuing to grow around that has, has helped me out. But I've also found that to me, I, I happen to have a knack in that area and that knack has allowed me to, uh, provide for my family and ultimately now get to the point where I'm, I'm going to have some extra. I can, I can give that back and I can help do something like, you know, Veteran Valor Farm that's ultimately going to be, uh, you know, not a legacy of, of wealth and lake homes and, and, uh, and boats and, and limousines, but hopefully a legacy of, uh, of helping other people. So yeah, if somebody is listening and can, uh, you know, make that happen. We're, we're not looking to have a multi-million dollar uh, produce farm. We're looking for about a quarter million bucks for a small hobby farm uh, as just the initial starting point. And then from there, I think once people see how well it works, I think it's going to be a, I mean, there's no way it can't succeed. How would they get in touch with you if someone's interested in donating? Yeah, if they're looking to uh, to donate, that's a great question. It's uh, it's www.veteranvalorfarm.org. And, um, you know, we're connected with givemn.org, you know, PayPal, credit cards, uh, even if good old-fashioned checks obviously work too. So, uh, you know, we're, we're looking for any help we can get. But along the journey, I would say, I you know, again, it's been a couple years as we've been trying to get this this up and running. Uh you know, again, come across other groups like the Gates of Hope, come across, you know, reconnected with Kelly mm-hmm. Nicole Foundation. So yeah. I think it's just, uh, you know, again, I know you have the same drive. You, you've realized that, you know, shit, it's probably not going to be a year, maybe two years. But five years from now, um, holy shit, there's going to be some good stuff coming out. So I think just uh, just seeing the passion other people have and having the opportunity to meet organizations like yours that are looking to do similar things has been, um, you know, worth it. Get the music behind the mission. Hate Becoming by Kelly Nicole on iTunes and Spotify. If you guys haven't checked out the merch table, join the movement. Buy the album. Get your Kelly Nicole band merch and donate what you can at kellynicolefoundation.org. Courage is from Amplified!